welcome to episode 67 of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, we're coming to you after the Hawks game that just ended. And uh, yeah, not in the greatest of moods, but we'll try to make the most out of it. And with me to, to go through um, the Lakers, what Lakers, the Rockets game and the Hawks game, Fong. Hello. Yeah, this I think has been the longest um what's it called gap of time between episodes i think for sack king's therapy we've basically really? gone like a whole week essentially without a oh. without a single episode which hasn't happened in a while because we you know we've been doing these review these basically at, after game reviews so yeah like we've been we've been you know really churning out episodes yeah that's i i guess so it's been a while i i'd say yeah, and yes, that Naruto episode will be coming soon, as soon as uh, Fong's internet decides to not cut out, and, you know, yeah, it's a, we'll, we'll be getting that to you at some point, but right now we're going to be talking about the Kings. Okay, so let's start with the uh, Rockets game. So, uh, first thing before we actually even get into the game, there was a weird P.J. Tucker situation. So, P.J. Tucker was in warm-ups. Then all of a sudden, someone comes up to him and just basically tells him, yeah, you're you're not going to play because we're going to trade you very soon. And he basically just kind of, you know, left the game and then never returned because they're getting ready to trade him and he's not going to play until they trade him. Huh. Did, did he get traded yet? I didn't hear He has him. not gotten traded as far as I know, but they're working on something. And P.J. Tucker should be a coveted free agent because... You know, he's your he is, you know, the poster child right now for the small ball five like guy that, you know, every team could use, you know. Where do you think he's gonna go? Uh that's actually kinda tough. It's gonna be a contender. Like, you know, of course I'm gonna say Brooklyn, but I don't know if Brooklyn can get him, actually, because they have to trade for him and I don't know how that's gonna work. Um no. <laughs> like you know, Milwaukee could use them, uh, the Lakers could always use another wing, uh, Clippers. Um which other team, yeah, you know, Jet I don't think the Jazz. I think Jazz are fine the way they are. Um Yeah, just just the an actual like contender, I think he would help. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting where he goes. I'm he's I, I feel like he for sure will contribute something out of whatever team. Just uh don't know how much he can contribute depending on which uh conference he goes to. Yeah, um I just I just think you can always use a guy that shoots threes and, you know, plays really good defense. You know, again, any team any contender could use him and it'll it'll be interesting to see if he I don't think he's gonna swing anything, but he'll help a team. Mm-hmm. Well, that's enough P.J. Tucker talk um, for a guy that will never be on the Kings, probably. So let's uh, let's talk about the game. So I'm just going to kind of skip, you know, the quarter by quarter analysis. I'm just going to go straight into the summary. Uh, Kings basically blow out the um, the Rockets at 125 to 105. It was a it. I think the lead actually got to around 30 at one point, which was cool. Good to see. But, you know, overall, good win for the Kings, who simply took care of business. This this was a very shorthanded Rockets team, and Eric Gordon got injured. KPJ kind kind of got injured, but he did come back. You know, there was no reason for the Kings to actually lose this game, basically. And yeah, they simply took care of business. Yeah, I remember talking to you how you were like really scared that you know we might lose the lead, and you know we were up 
like you said, 30, which is a lot. And that's when we have to go for the kill. But then uh, it started to, you know, slowly dwindle a little slow, by slowly. And by slowly, meaning like they cut it basically in half. But, you know, we kept it up and we won. Yeah, I, I put in my notes here. They just simply did what they had to do. Like, it, yeah. it was a pretty <laughs> ugly game at times, too. Like, you know, sloppy ball handling, turnovers, like, yeah, it was it was pretty ugly in spots. But th- since the Rockets are so shorthanded, they simply just could not take over. Like, there were so many opportunities we presented to the Rockets to actually, like, you know, cut into the lead and possibly even take the lead, which was why I was so concerned for much of the game. And, uh, yeah. Um, you know, the good Halliburton's back. Um, Fox passing was really good this game. Buddy was really passing, uh, passing really well too. And everyone else just kind of did their thing. Um, but you know, the Rockets, they weren't, they were a team that was not going to lie down. Of course, they couldn't take advantage of the opportunities that were there, but they scrapped hard, you know, you know, like they never really gave up like Jay, Jay Tate. Like, that boy just goes out there and just plays hard. He had a bunch of these really beautiful left-handed high-off-the-glass layups. And I was like, yeah, this kid kid is nice. I wish we could have gotten I wish we could have gotten him, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Yeah, Um, scrappy team. And it's nice to see that, you know, the Kings do have that in them, at least, to, you know, be able to handle, you know, a shorthanded, absolutely depleted team like Houston because honestly I didn't know if they had it or not oh well I think we had faith in our team right sadly you know wasn't able to watch this win because internet issues but after hearing your notes and your analysis and some highlights uh, I think yeah it seemed like we were okay yeah, I mean, again, it is a very, very bad team, and we still do make some of the mistakes that the Kings often make. You know, again, sloppy ball handling, bad decision, and sometimes, like, really stagnant offense, offensive possessions, where basically everyone's kind of waiting for De'Aaron to do something, or, you know, if De'Aaron's not on the floor, like, Buddy to do something, Harold Halliburton to do something. It can. They, we still did that in the game. It's just that, again, Rockets simply were not able to buy a bucket when we made those mistakes. And, yeah, um, the issues are still there. But luckily for this game, Rockets simply could not capitalize. Um, The the last thing I really want to talk about during this game is that Lou basically ran a seven-man rotation. Daquan Jeffries got a few minutes in there, I I think. Let me check real quick. So, yeah, he... Yeah, basically, um, Kyle Guy got, got, like, basically a few seconds on the floor, and Justin James got two minutes. Quan Jeffries only got 12 minutes, and I I just don't like this seven-man lineup that the Kings are running out there. Or, you know, at this because, you know, I get it. Like, Luke wants to win, and Luke, like, wants to play their his best players. But it's a pretty meaningless game, and you were up for much of the game, like especially in the fourth quarter. Just sub in like Kyle Guy and Justin James, just for the sake of getting the starter some rest, because you know running your guys in the ground. I just pray to God nothing happens, and we're gonna talk about this a lot more in the next game as well. Mm, oh yeah. 
Okay, well, let's move on to the Hawks. Um, so this game just happened. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, Bogey's back. Um, he, I think he, this is his second game back. And, you know, he, he had a avulsion fracture on his knee. Um, I don't know what that is, but, like, it was pretty bad, and it sidelined him for, I think, six weeks or something. Yeah. It's been a while since he's played. Yeah, I mean... It's great to see him back, and I hope the best for him because, you know, he deserves it. And uh, I kind of do wish we did keep him, but, you know, situations come and go. And, yeah, just wish we had him back, to be honest, at this point. I will say not at that money, though. For what for what he did this game, oh, yeah, I'm uh, glad we didn't pay him that money. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we thought he was the king's killer, too, but... We'll, we'll get we thought he was going to be the King's Killer, but he yeah. was far from it. And we will get to who the King's Killer was. Um, so, you know, the quick quick recap of the game. The game started out really well for the Kings. Kings got an 11-point lead at the end of the first quarter. Things were rolling. This, uh, this defense was fucking terrible. Like, the Hawks' defense, like, it is not much better than the Kings. And that's saying something. And, mm. you know, they were just giving up easy basket, and they were not hitting shots. The second quarter comes, uh, Rondo Rondo starts the quarter and just runs a clinic on how to abuse a bad defense. You know, he basically, you know, uh, screens and rolls with Marvin and just got him on multiple, like, layups. And, you know, he got penetration and then passed it to Capella for the dunk. Like, he just ran a clinic, and he had two, two threes, which... Those threes I would give up, but this was the run. This basically started a 11-0 run that turned into a 24-2 run that basically killed the Kings. It demoralized the Kings' spirit, and the Kings never recovered from it. No, they did not, and that stinks to a lot of the defense, too. Like, especially Bagley and a little bit of uh, Buddy, but it's it's mostly Bagley. Like, he he just couldn't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like he couldn't pay attention enough or can't just uh, – or he can't defend well enough to uh, get these guys. Again, like, Rondo is – just has just somehow mastered being able to kind of, like, be that perfect mix in between, like, the, like the defensive team – the defense doesn't really take you seriously enough to, like, you know, actually, like, key in on you. But at the same time, they can't really, like, guard you too, like, too too loosely. Like, he's mm-hmm. learned he's learned how to attack, like, a defense that sags off him by creating, like, a, just a certain amount of space to get penetration or to get, like, you know, a, a lay down to, for a layup or a dunk. He simply perfected that. And... Against a guy like Marvin, against a big man like Marvin, who simply just can't, don't, does not understand defensive concepts, like, Rondo just ran a clinic on that and just abused him. And, again, Mm -hmm. it created a, it basically just score after score after score, and this was all while Trey Young was playing like shit for the most part. Like, I was almost relieved when Rondo checked out him. Trey Young checked in because Trey Young wasn't hitting shots and neither was much most of the team. But like they but like Rondo just created opportunities for for the players on the court. And it basically got the uh, Hawks back in rhythm because right after this, Kevin Herter starts hitting threes 
and they start getting out in transition. And again, this they just opened the quarter with a 24 and two run, and that was basically the game for the most part. <sighs> Pretty much, like, yeah, starting like the second uh, half of the quarter, all the Hawks started to heat up, and you know, we can't, we couldn't even fight back most of the time. We tried fighting back in the fourth, but. Uh, should, should we talk about the fourth? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you can talk about the fourth. I miss most of the fourth, so. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, we had a good back and forth, and uh, I guess Luke drew out a play where we shall, you know, hack Capella because he his free throws percentage is, what, 50%? Less, less than 50%. So uh, during this time, we fouled Capella twice. So uh, Capel only made one for four, which is good. But for both of those plays, we couldn't get any runs. First one, we missed a shot, of course. Second one, we got an offensive foul on Trey, yeah, which I thought was a little, a little you know, acting from Trey. Um, Hawks take out Capel after this, uh, you know, this play and, you know, Kings started not hitting shots again. Uh, Hawks started to build that lead, and that's pretty much how it ended towards the end. Like we we did try. We were only down by ten, and we had a chance. We had five minutes left. It's just that we can't do anything. Well, I'm gonna hit you with the E word. Kings gotta execute, and they simply just couldn't do that. You know, down the stretch and. Yeah, like, again, the Hawks are, for the most part, not a great team. Like, their defense, are, their offense comes and goes, but their defense is just like the Kings. It, you know, the lame parts like the Red Sea sometimes. Like, okay. there are opportunities to attack this defense, but, like, you know, the Kings simply, you know, they hit these mental, they do make these mental errors that put them in holes, and they simply can't climb out of it sometimes. And this that was kind of the case for this game. Like, you know, without, like, just... I, th I, I just got to point out, like, without just better creators on the team, like, the, you know, we have limited options and limited opportunities to be able to really, like, take advantage of situations like this. Yeah, sadly, that's the case. And hopefully it improves because I'm getting sick and tired. I've seen this. <laughs> Yeah, well, th th believe me. Um, another thing, I'm going to talk about it again. Luke played the starters basically 40 minutes, pretty much each. Like, uh, Fox played 40 minutes. Um, let's see. Yeah, Fox played 40 minutes. Barnes played 39. Rashawn played 35. And Buddy played 37. Again, like, they were kind of making a run, so I kind of get why they played so much in the fourth. But at the same time, like, I just don't like this idea of running the starters into the ground. Like, you sure we couldn't sneak some Kyle guy, Justin James, and Daquan Jeffries in there? And hell, Jemias Ramsey, who played it during that, during that last minute of garbage time? Like, I think you can squeeze in some minutes here and there. Like, you don't got to play Fox so much. Who has to do basically everything out there on offense? Like... You know, it's going to run him down, and I just pray to God nothing bad happens from just playing these guys so many minutes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, at the very minimum, play five minutes of Jemias, Justin, Dequan, or Kyle. I mean, it gives a lot of our uh, starting lineup a lot of rest, and, you know, we could build some plays off of it. They could score possibly, you know, five points, and that's that's really all we need. It's a good run. That's good in theory, but it probably isn't what's going to happen. But yeah, like, you know, the, well, the other thing is that Marvin, like, you know, uh, of all the starters, he only played 24 minutes. And, uh, and I just, you know, ran a clinic on shitting on him on offense. But like, he's got to like develop and like, you know, just have him out there. Like, you know, in these garbage time situations, just have him learn. Mm-hmm. Like, have him just like, you know, do... Find that like perfect kind of distance for like drop coverage and, you know, feel out the defense, something like have them learn out there. And, you know, I just feel like you can squeeze in some minutes because I get it. Luke wants to win. That's why he's playing the starters like, you know, all these minutes. But I think I think there needs to be a better balance of like just playing the starters to win and finding some developmental minutes for, you know, Bagley and all the, all the um, second round picks of the young guys. Mm-hmm. No, that, that's, that's, that's my take on it. I just don't want to keep seeing 40 minutes from Fox and God forbid something happens, you know? <sighs> yep. We shall see if this improves, which highly doubt. Yeah, but we shall see because according to um, – I don't even know who came up with this. but So um, Kings apparently had the toughest schedule. I think it was on ESPN. Kings had the toughest schedule uh, mm. in the first half of the year. And apparently they will have the seventh easiest schedule for the rest of the year. What are your thoughts on that? Wait, you said seventh easiest? Seventh e- easiest. I mean – I'm hoping we could bounce back towards the end. You know, maybe a lot of people start, uh, whatchamacallit, resting their star players for the uh, playoffs. And, you know, hopefully we get a few wins here and there. Um, But at this point, if we're going to play like this, we, I don't think we deserve those wins. Well, yeah, but and you know, all, getting wins are nice, but like if it's wins on just like where you clearly know that the other team isn't trotting out their best lineups, I don't know about those wins. But like, yeah, it, technically, yeah, sure, the Kings may have the seventh easiest schedule, quote unquote, but like no team is easy for Kings. Mm-hmm. Like every team is, you know. Like, hit or miss for the Kings. It doesn't really matter if, like, the team is bad. Like, you know, the Kings will find some way to make it, you know, interesting. So I don't even take any stock into this, like, seventh easiest schedule for the rest of the year. It's it's pretty pointless to me, and I, I don't really take any stock into that. I just hope the Kings can, you know, just put out a good product out, a product out there and just... You know, not make us pull our hair out watching them. Yeah. Well, luckily it's not towards the end of the season, and we're only, you know, getting started with the second half, to be honest. And, and don't get me wrong. Also, like, the Kings could end up making the play-in tournament or even just straight up making the playoffs if we can string together a run. You know, it's not complete. Not all hope is lost, but things are getting, you know, grimmer by the day. 
but you know there is still a chance but not a huge chance but you know again I get that like Luke wants to win but I I just don't know if it's gonna take De'Aaron playing 40 minutes to win I'm I I don't know if that's what I want yeah sadly that's probably gonna be the case for Luke in the coming games uh, well, um, to end things on a bit of a more positive note, um, you know, C- Chris Weber and Rick Adelman are finalists for the Hall of Fame. Um, Adelman, I thought, was already in there. I was actually shocked he wasn't in there. And F- Weber, I'm not shocked he's not in there because I knew, I know he's, I pretty much know why he's not in there. But, like, I think it's a long time coming. He should make it, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know who else is uh, the finalist for the uh, the candidacy, but... I know Paul I Pierce is, like, the guy that's definitely going to get in. Okay, but yeah. I, as for the other finalists, I'm not sure. Well, Paul Pierce for sure. Chris Webb, I, as a, you know, as a Kings fan, he should. And Rick Alman, I'm surprised he's not in it. <laughs> I'm just going to say Ben Wallace is in the Hall of Fame. Muggsy Bogues is in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, Chris Webber should be in it, but let's be honest, we know why he's not in there. It's the hey. Michigan State shit. Yeah, which is which is terrible, but stupid you know, politics. Yeah, but like it's, I mean, Chris Webber was like one of the best power forwards in an era of power forwards. Like mm-hmm. you got Duncan, you got Rashid, you got KG, you got Dirk, and he was amongst like he was literally he was right there. Like, before KG won a ring in Boston, they were on the same level. Mm-hmm. People forget about that. Like, you know, I'm just saying, like, he definitely deserves to be in there. I just hope that these bu- this bullshit politics thing with, you know, Michigan State and, you know, him li- – granted, he did lie in front of a grand jury, so maybe that's why, too. But, like, you know, on basketball acumen, like, he, he deserves to be in there. For sure. Double that for uh, Rick Adelman as well. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah that's all i have for this uh episode you want to talk about the uh, you want to talk about the all-star game the all-star events uh not really it's oh. like we predicted lebron wins and it was pretty much uh you know a well-rounded lebron team against a bunch of iso players <laughs> yeah a bunch of iso players that didn't look like they were having that much fun out there um you know uh what would you think of three-point contest and the dunk contest. Dunk contest. Why don't you start with that first? Uh, dunk contest was eh. Why you cannot, you cannot. Uh, yeah, it's just overshadowed by the Aaron Gordon and uh, Zach Levine dunk contest for a very long time. And uh, the three point contest, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, of course, Steph winning is, you know, I. Kind of expected, in my opinion. <laughs> it wasn't easy, though. He had no. he needed that final ball, though. Yeah, he did, and it it won it for him. Yeah, I, I will say, like the dunk contest, like you know, I don't, I didn't know what to expect. I gotta give props to Anthony Simons. He had some nice dunks, like you know, he almost kissed the rim on that on one of those dunks, but like. You know, I thought it was impressive. Someone someone suggested that in order to make things like this would have been really cool if this happened, like Zach Levine, unannounced participant, just takes off his jersey 
and just pulls out like I don't know a dunk contest outfit and just you know does his own dunk because some of his <laughs> like some of the people said some of the dunks that Obi Toppin did like that were quote unquote impressive Zach Levine would have been able to do that in his sleep so oh, yeah, yeah pretty much like had Zach Levine participated it would have been it would have been pretty fire and he probably ends up winning a third one and tying Nate Robinson. Oh, I forgot Nate won three. How is that impossible? I mean, he just participated in a bunch of times, and he he participated in some pretty weak um um what's it called dunk contests as well. I think oh nine was the one that was like really bad. Mm, yeah, I don't remember that era. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, not much to talk about with the All Star game. It was a pretty uneventful weekend, and uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's basically all we're gonna have for uh, this episode. Oh, oh, what's up? Sorry, sorry, I to cut you off. Uh, should we talk about AEW and UFC? Um, sure. We can we can quickly talk about UFC. Uh, uh what'd you think of the? We well, we only really watched the Israel Adesanya and the uh, Jan Blakovich. Oh God, I still cannot pronounce his name. Yeah, I I don't know how to pronounce it either. Um, what would you think of that? To to be honest, um, Adesanya. He he had a chance. I gotta admit, he really had a big chance. It's just, uh, you know, how do you say his name again? Uh, just say, so, just call him Jan. Just call him Jan. Jan, Jan, uh, really, you know, took those takedowns seriously and wrestled him into submission. Wait, that's that's kind of wrestling. I mean, terms. yeah, I mean, yeah, those those two takedowns were what won him the won him uh, the fight. Because mm-hmm. it, a stand up, like stand up wise, like I thought, I thought uh, Izzy was winning those, you know, was winning those fights for the most part up until those takedowns, because that those were kind of the difference makers. Because I think he had the first two rounds, and then like the third round, I think went to Jan, and then the fourth and fifth rounds went to Jan because of uh, the takedowns. Yeah, like if it weren't for those takedowns, I I felt like Anasanya had a really good chance if he just kept his distance and hit a few uh strikes, you know. Yeah, and you know that that shows you why is he? You gotta bulk up, man. Like you can't. Like I think he came in at like just like around 180 or something like that. That's why guys bulk up and 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 lightweight. So, yeah, I, I know you wanted to keep your speed, but maybe you should have bulked up a little bit to you know stuff those takedowns a little better. Yep, just maybe. Uh, as for AEW, um, uh, well, there's only really one thing I really want to talk about: the fine, the final explosion. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think of it? It was, it was huge. It was wow, bigger than a California Fourth of July. <laughs> no, but seriously, it, it, it was just four sparklers and a, a bunch of, a bunch of smoke. <laughs> they might as well have just played a giant fart noise. Was what what that really was, and yeah, it, it's unfortunate that it ended that way because there was a very compelling story there, like a really kind of. Cr- you know, it would have been a perfect ending had the explosions gone off, because like Kingston, like you know, went like went on top of uh, Moxley and covered him for like that really I don't want to say romantic story, but it's a really great storybook like story like you know narrative that you can write about that like you know for- former friends turn bitter enemies, 
turn back into former best and you know into best friends again this this guy is essentially sacrificing his life to protect his former buddy like that's a great story to tell unfortunately that's not what happened and then, again they might as well just play the giant fart noise just to just to kind of like you know essentially perfectly describe the moment yeah it's like i i i gotta say i didn't the a jobber's entrance is a bigger pop than what happened with that little explosion. Uh, yeah, I, I expected a little more, but after seeing the first one with the barbed wire, um, yeah, I didn't expect much afterwards, to be honest. I mean, they did they did kind of make a bit. They did kind of recover on the latest episode of Dynamite, so that's actually good to see. Like, you know, they they're actually salvaging what was again a wet fart of an ending. So, you know, again, like they're finding ways to kind of like be innovative. Like, I can at least kind of appreciate the effort of what they tried. Again, had the explosion gone off as planned, which was you know the plan. Apparently, like they, the the explosive didn't work was what the story was, and. You know, like, had it worked, it would have been perfect. And it didn't work, and it looks stupid. But hey, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, overall, the fight, or, sorry, not the fight, the wrestling it was pretty good. Uh, that was a one-wing angel uh, against Moxley, and uh, Moxley, quote-unquote, sacrificing his, himself and, uh, you know, to get out that count. That was uh, pretty innovative, I'd say. Yeah, there's like some really nice spots in there, and again, uh, it was a good match and a great show pretty much up until that ending. And uh, yeah, it's too <laughs> bad that everyone focuses on the ending, and which I, I call it like the Mass Effect thing, where like the most of the game was really good, but the ending was, you know, a, again a bit of a wet fart. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, they that's what a lot of people like left the show with that bad taste in their mouth and uh it's unfortunate but again they've recovered and i'm happy yep well this might get me back into wrestling we'll see my ass yeah no yeah, i know i still haven't caught up i i talk to you i try to talk to you about wrestling and you're like oh yeah 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 is uh is batista still wrestling i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course I don't know or I know Batista's not wrestling yeah but but you get the point like you know like oh is uh, is Randy Orton still champion is John Cena still still in WWE I'm like yeah no he's not there anymore <laughs> yeah you should, you should watch Smackdown and overall granted I don't really watch it either I really only watch the review shows because I cannot stand to watch those shows the commentary is fucking terrible and, like, the rest of the show isn't exactly much better. Like, I just watch review shows, and honestly, like, you know, WrestleTalk is what I usually use. And they make it entertain. They actually make it entertaining. Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll be coming back to you at some point with probably more of, like, wrestling news. Like, man, when Fong decides to watch more wrestling again, so... Yeah, uh, we'll be coming back to you uh, after. Let me check the schedule real quick. When is the next Kings game? Monday. Monday? Okay, we'll be coming back to you hopefully Monday night. Or if not, we'll probably be coming back to you Wednesday night at the latest. Oh, yeah. Let's see. It'll be Monday. 
at 7 p.m. Eastern at Charlotte. Uh, can you repeat the time again? 7 p.m. Eastern. So 4 p.m. over here then. Yeah, I might miss that to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I. Well, I might miss like the first quarter or something because. Yeah. You know, well, work. So. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right, see you guys later.